listening to It's All Good, Magic, Mysticism, and Earth Medicine. Check us out by visiting www.magicandmedicine.blogspot.com. I'm your host, Dr. Candice Nadine Green. Hello and welcome to another episode of Magic in Medicine. Today you're going to listen to an interview with Sharon Gully. Now, she's not a typical guest. Um, she has a background in Christianity, but she also talks about metaphysics and the universe and oneness. So... I think that she has some benefits to our community and what she shares, although she does talk about a lot of Christian aspects that is not really, you know, compliant with our show, but she does have a lot to share. She's the owner and operator of Beautiful Expectations of Faith, which is a place that encourages women to grow in strength and resilience. She is a seven-time best-selling co-author in combination of there's quite a few internationally and in the u.s she has assisted women on a mission enterprises as an in assisting editor in the multiple amazing anthologies published by women on a mission enterprises llc as well as being co-author in many of these anthologies she is a sole entrepreneur has written many articles and is an author co-author editor creative writer motivational speaker photographer and soul healing light worker um she's a domestic violence survivor domestic violence survivor a cancer survivor and a caretaker so she is amazing in what she has survived. And I hope that you, even though she may not normally fit with our paganisms and paganism and metaphysics, metaphysical teaching of our show and earth medicine and all that, that we do have something to learn from her. So in that she does fit. So I really hope that you take away a lot from this show her information will be in the show notes so you can connect with her at her various links and don't forget to support our show on patreon we're on patreon under magic with a k and medicine all one word on patreon.com help us especially during these trying times where things are uncertain Help us to keep our show running and to be able to afford our recording equipment and all of that stuff. So without further ado, here's our interview with Sharon Gully. So Sharon, you have something called the beautiful expectations of faith. When I was reading information about you and I looked at it, but not everyone may know what that is. So could you just give us some information on the beautiful expectations of faith? Yes, beautiful expectations of faith for me is about believing in oneself, about believing in the power of the universe, of our creator, um, of God. Um, 
to be able to have faith in the things that we do, the movements that we move in, and the people that we love. So for me, Beautiful Expectations of Faith was an opportunity for me to be able to step out and to be a light in uh, someone's life, wherever that may be needed, that I could possibly be of service. And there's such a great need for us to believe in ourselves today, right? You find that uh, a lot of us are not, we give up too easily. We, we just don't believe. That's, that's such a big issue. I see it everywhere. There's so many people who just, it's, it, it's easy to just give up and, and not have any faith at all in anything. Yes, and I think a lot of it is because we are so caught up in what another person thinks of us. Mm -hmm. We find ourselves being stifled by what someone else's expectation of us is or what they may say about us. And we have to understand, you know, it. It's, I know this is so cliche to say this, but at the same time, it's so very important. Mm -hmm. We have to understand that each one of us are very important in this life. Each one of us was given a mission mm -hmm. before we ever entered into the earth realm uh, to be. It's exactly who we were created to be, and mm -hmm. that is something to take pride in. And yeah, I'm, I'm back on this of believing in ourselves. I mean, when, when we um, look at society and what they expect what society expects us to be i mean it's so cold it's so there's no depth to it as if you, if you can follow me on this tangent i go on there's no depth no depth at all depth at all to it and it, it forces and we when we worry about being made fun of or ridiculed i mean that's what people do. They ridicule you for seeing things differently than they. And then that's what causes a lot of people to just not have any more belief. The belief in the unseen, the, uh, our disconnection with the universe, all of those things. Yes, yes. And, and I truly have worked for a very long time on speaking on these topics about about being able to find your inner self, your inner calling, your inner strength, and to look inward for your pat on the back, if you, you want to call it that, uh, self-support. Mm -hmm. Because you become stronger when you self-support yourself and you're not looking to another to do that for you. It helps to take away a lot of those challenges. Mm. Now, you mentioned that you um, help people find their inner strength. How do you how do you do that? I mean, what are some strategies? I mean, what's the, the how would the average person be able to find their inner strength when they don't even know where it is? Well, first you want to to talk with yourself. Most definitely, you want to find what is important to you in your life. What is allowing you to be creative of who you, you are? You know. We activate ourselves when we take the time to go in and really find out who we are and what our soul really wants. And once we ask ourselves these very important questions, you know, what makes me happy? What do I want to do? Um, what makes me lose track of time? What am I good at? Um, what do other people trust about you when you speak to them? Uh, what do they find value in when you speak to them? These things are, are trigger points. Mm -hmm. 
And each one of these trigger points strengthen us as a spiritual being because it allows us to see ourselves for who we truly are. And then we no longer look and we're not willing to sacrifice or give up our greater purpose to another person's thoughts or ideals um, that creates those blockages for us. You know, that's one of the biggest things I love to teach is to find out what your soul wants and, and work from there because that's how you're going to self-activate yourself. See, this is such a recurring uh, message of finding who we truly are. I mean, you hear it in so many, many things, and even in children's cartoons and movies. Um, children. Well, so, um, <laughs> you know, even recently, you know, recently I was talking with a mentor and a friend of mine about deep self-realization, mm -hmm. and she made a very simple comment that the soul is the total sum of all of our experiences, mm -hmm. and it it very profoundly touched me on how this meant that every experience adds to our soul and there is no experience that can direct from the other. Uh, since we share experiences with many other souls, then that would mean that our souls overlap. And anywhere experience overlaps, our souls will also overlap. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, all souls are connected through this sharing experience. So whenever a particular soul has a profound experience of awakened consciousness or self-realization, their experience of the totality of consciousness by definition includes all experiences and for me that said a lot you know with the dilemma of the self-awareness that we have in the world today a lot of it is caused from pain sadness fear confusion abuse um, the need for peace the need for love the need for joy and and the lack of gratitude and not knowing how to find that within ourselves this is what makes us a whole being and i think a lot of the self-realization and going through the skill of learning self-realization it helps us to optimize who we are and it changes everything in our lives for us it takes us from the darkness and into the light and a better understanding and awareness of what our true soul contract is in this life and what is most important you know, I think I read um, your article that you wrote a few years ago called um, titled I Am Sharon. And it was very, very moving. I do have to say, I mean, you are an amazingly strong woman. And two words that I got out of reading the article were freedom and fear. Yes. And how they play a role in... Um, and discovering uh, self-realization and things like that. Do you want to, you know, tell us how, you know, with your story, how that ties into self-realization, freedom and fear, actually? Yes, absolutely. You know, fear, the fear part started for me as a young, young girl at the age of 13, going on 14 years old. Um, my mother had went through, and it took me many years, I must say this before I go into this, it took me many years to understand that uh, for women that hysterectomies can be quite spiritually overwhelming, mentally and physically and spiritually. And my mother suffered from it tremendously. And at a young age, because things in life had become so overwhelming for her, she gave me away 
she just literally just tried every way in the world to get rid of me. And at the time, my sister was had brain cancer. She was very young, and my brother was very young, and I had become such a caretaker for them that it was quite overwhelming. The fear began there when I knew that I would have to leave, and I wouldn't be there if she passed away, or I wouldn't be there for him if he needed me. It wasn't the fear of having to go into the world alone at such a young age, because I think spiritually, I've always known that I belong um, to God. Um, and I know I, I say that in a realm that I want people to understand, you know, each of us have our own spiritual beliefs and our own spiritual standings. But for me, it's always been God. And um, I knew that I would be okay no matter what. I somehow came into this life with that strength. But the fear still surmounted to the point that it changed me as a human being that day. When I left my home and I looked, the only thing I could say to myself and hearing myself saying was asking my dad, are you really going to allow her to do this? And I also now understand that we were in a time that women raised children, the girls, and men raised the boys, and men didn't have a voice in the lives of the girls that were their children. <clears throat> so there, excuse me, there really wasn't much that he could say, but I could see that his heart was broken. So therefore, it left on to a long line of things that went wrong in my life, from always expecting men to let you down, always it not having a high enough expectation of what man was in my life and what kind of person he was. So these fears followed me for many years, and I went through abuse, not once but twice. I went through two divorces. Both times I have been hospitalized on many occasions for uh, some extreme amounts of abuse that lasted for many years. I never believed in myself or I had the fear of never being good enough in anyone's eyes. And funny how life is because things turned around uh, many, many, many years later. My father passed, my sister wound up passing away, but she passed away at the age of 34. And fear again came back to me when I when I lost her. Uh, then father followed her. One year, one day, one year, one month, and eleven days later, dad died of cancer. And it wasn't very long after that mother was stricken with Alzheimer's and dementia. And by this time, I had found my place in the world to where I had become a heavy equipment operator and a truck driver, and I was traveling and working, and I had found my third husband, which I thank God for every day. I had found him, and we had been married for a little while, and um, with sister gone and dad gone and my brother living a long life uh, uh, also the effects of childhood growing up with all of these traumas had left a, lived a long life of um, breaking the law. And we had been separated from each other and he wasn't able to be there for her. So it left only me, the one person she wanted nothing to do with. Mm. And that's where I found me. And that's, that's where my whole life began again. I had to go back and revisit everything and I had to heal from everything because in a sense I loved her because she was my mother and that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to love and honor our parents. That's what the Lord asked us to do. And But in another sense, I hated her. I hated her for all of the pain, mm -hmm. 
the abandonment, the grief, the fear, the sorrow, the so many years that I walked the highways not knowing where I was going to go or what I was going to do, the time that I went without food, the time I suffered many different ways. But not once did I stop and realize that this was making me who I was meant to be. And this was the life path that I chose before I ever entered Earth's realm. So many beliefs had changed. So much understanding came into my life and compassion and love and honor took over. And I found a new love for myself by the time it all ended. When mama passed away in December of 2017, I remember kissing her on her face and telling her how much I loved her. And I truly do. I love her more today than I was ever able to love her in my whole entire life. Because I seen the woman that she truly was. And I understood the woman she never meant to be. And uh, it allowed freedom. I was free. I was set free. I was finally able to say, okay, I love you, my family. I forgive all things. This is a new life, a new chapter. I wish you love and health and growth in, in the new realms. And thank you for all that you have given me. Thank you for all you have taught me. And then from there, I truly just opened up and became an author on domestic violence. Mm. Uh, just so many things opened up in my life that allowed me to grow and be who I am today. Now, you also, um, I mean, that's just, you know, that's amazing that you're, you were able to, I mean, through all of this, even though your mother didn't, you know, didn't want you, and then you ended up being the one to take care of her. It's just so strong. Yes. Yeah. It was quite painful. I went through many days of her telling me how much she hated oh. me that she wished it had been me instead of my sister that passed away. Oh my goodness. But you know, I also found myself as the healer learning because this was God's way of saying, okay, if you're a healer and this is what you long to do and this is who you choose to be, then you start at home. You right. start with yourself and you start with your family and the ones that are close to you. And I'm going to show you what this truly means. And girl, I'm going to tell you, I went through it. There were many nights I went to bed crying. There were many nights I, I prayed and asked him to give me strength and to give her strength to go through the torment that I know that she had to be going through. I mean, how do you live a life? Of, of, of 78 years and then the next day everything you ever lived for done spoke said experienced you can't even remember it you can't even remember mm. the children you give birth to mm. so you know some would say it's karma i i can't find myself to say that i'm a, <laughs> i just can't i mm. i feel that that's just wrong i think that what really truly is is that it was a gift to release her of her guilt, of her pain, of yeah. the suffrage mm -hmm. that she went through herself, you know? Mm -hmm. well, you, you know, often hurt people who hurt others, sometimes they have, most of the time they're hurt too. They have been hurt somewhere, so that's how, that, that's all they know, that's what they know, and then they just turn that anger and hurt and project it onto other people. Yes. They're, they're because they're suffering too. Yes, and they always... They always say we hurt the ones we love the most. Mm -hmm. And I had to keep telling myself that. She must greatly love me because everything she 
it's, it's, it's all on my shoulders. She puts it all on me. So therefore, she must think that I am very strong and that she, she's depending on me. And girl, I'm going to tell you, I went through it, but I'm, I am so happy I did. And if I had to go through it again, I would. I would. Now, what do you recommend? Like, what do you suggest if someone else is, um, has a similar situation with a parent who didn't want them and they have to take care of them, they become the caretaker? How do they get through this? I mean, some, you know, how, how can they, and how, just how can they even begin to, to do this, to find the strength to be able to well, keep the sanity? I think one of the one things I would say the most is a lot of things that happen, one of the main things that happens when you're a caretaker is that you identify yourself with the person that you're caring for and you empath upon each other and somehow you lose yourself and you become the person that you care for. If the, for me, I would say, don't allow that to happen. You have to remember that even though they're a loved one or a friend, a spouse, and even though you love them, you're their caretaker. And you have to remind yourself every single day that what is happening to them is not personal to you. You have to make sure that you take time away from caretaking to spend with yourself. Don't allow yourself to be there 24-7 the way that I did. Uh, you can't allow it to take over your life, even though you know that you're their only um, access to, to care in their lives. You have to be, you have to take yourself just as important as what they are. Because if you don't, it will suck the life completely out of you. I have found times that I ran for probably five years on four hours worth of sleep in a 24-hour period. And it took physical toll on me. It took mental and spiritual toll on me. And it wore me down to the point to where when mother did pass away, I didn't know who I was for a long time. I had to take a two-year hiatus and walk away from everything to refine myself again because I was still waking up every two hours and going to that room. I was still making a plate for her before I made a plate for, for anyone. It, it, it just completely engulfs your entire life and you can't allow that to happen. That's the one thing I think I would change is that I would learn how to manage my time more effectively. Hmm. And that's crucial in taking time for yourself. Now, yes. you, you wrote an article um, about physical pains and the meta, metaphysical meetings. So we don't, we don't often uh, associate or connect physical pains and metaphysics. So how, how are physical pains and metaphysics connected? How can we see their connection? Well, everything on the physical plane is a manifestation of something on the metaphysical plane. Hmm. When we speak of abundance, what we are really talking about is an abundance of emotional, mental, and spiritual energy. And we fill ourselves to the brim with these energies, and it, it is the overflow that is manifested on the physical plane. For me, the metaphysical part is our spirituality. It, it's a great 
part of spirituality. And we forget sometimes, you know, because we're in human form, we forget that we're actually a spiritual being. Mm -hmm. And when our spiritual being isn't well, our physical being isn't well. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot today, I give so much credit to you, so many metaphysical clinics today that are backing up what, you know, modern medicine, they're starting to understand now that it takes more than just medication. You know, it's, it's mental, spiritual, emotional. And, you know, when you treat someone, you need to treat all levels of the person and not just what is being brought to you on the medical field. Just... You know, realistically, when our body refuses to do what we want to, metaphysically, spiritually, that it's not actually broken, we're not broken. You know, it's just a function that is happening to allow us to understand the higher energetic planes of what we need to interpret to add to Western medication to help us, new ways to approach pain. You know, because I've seen so many people, and again, back to my mother, you know, a lot of, she had osteoporosis as well. Mm-hmm. And her doctor, when I first took over with mother, they had her on Bartabs. And she had been on Bartabs so long that it took me four years to get her off of them. And she suffered severely from it. She suffered digestive problems. She suffered colon problems. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, medical doctors are so quick to say, well, here's something for the pain. Take this for the pain. Take this because this is this disease. You know, here this will numb it. Here, here is. A, we'll we'll cut this off and help this organ. And I I watched her go through so many different changes, spiritually, mentally, physically. I mean, her body was like they used her as a guinea pig. And I I just basically finally just had enough. And I just told them that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. You know, we already understand that we're at the point that there's no return. So what we're going to do now is we're going to holistically heal, and we're going to help her ease these things without all these medications. So that's why it's so important for me when I talk about physical pains and their metaphysical meanings because of the path that she walked and the path that I walked with her, and so many do in the world today. And, you know, I I like that you combine the metaphysics as well, because, you know, we we need to stop just looking at things as black and white. I mean, that goes for everyone in society. We don't look past that. We often uh, look at things black and black and white, put a bandaid on it and leave it alone and not trying to look at what's beneath the surface. And all of the other aspects of the person because we are more than just what we see. We are more than our pains. Yes. And that's what gets me about medication. I mean, granted, there are some things that really, really do need it. But then there are others that you you just put in this garbage in your body and it's not helping with the whole person. Absolutely. And that's what I love about healers because healers are trained. Mm-hmm. In the field of observation mm-hmm. and interpretations of signs and symptoms, you know, and, and new, um, the old ways of methods in healing and dealing with them, 
and allowing the body. There are so many of us out here today that our bodies are rejecting antibiotics. We're rejecting the medications that are given to us and not working anymore because the body has just been overloaded with so many chemicals for so long now. So I've always felt that in the end, we would wind up going back to holistic healing. I agree. It'll be the only way our bodies will be able to be receptive to what is being given to us. I mean, like what's going on in the world today right now is a true example mm -hmm. of what I'm saying. You know, they got all the, no antibiotics is working. This is not working. That is, no. So now let's go back to the chalkboard. Let's go back to the days of the Bible when they went through these horrific diseases and all these different epidemics that went through in that time. And let's read about what they did. And let's go back and let's try this and see if this can make a difference. And I, I just, with all my heart, feel that it would. It truly would. Yes, and since our, our show here, we, we usually um, talk about um, a lot of the old ways um, that we've forgotten. I feel like that the world, and, and, it, and we see it in so many things, that, that we're realizing that we need to, we're, we're awakening to the old ways. That's what I like to say. Absolutely. We're realizing that those things were important and they were helpful. I mean, you see people growing their own food and their own herbs and things like that. And I, I mean, I've done that anyway um, here because I have a nice size garden and I grow my own stuff anyway. And I used the, the and we studied the medicinal properties of the plants, just like they, just like our ancestors did. Like yes. going back to the old ancestral ways, I mean, they were, and we're realizing that, I mean, I don't think all of us are realizing, but we see what's going on today that it's, our earth is suffering. The universe is suffering because we're polluting it. We're all these, all our fancy ideas are hurting us. And Absolutely. we're free and we, we are, we're, we're killing our own planet and thus ourselves and Absolutely. thus ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's when the importance of remembering the old ways, the awakening to the old ways of our ancestors. Absolutely. And it don't only help at an individual level, but it also helps at a family level, community mm -hmm. level, global level. Mm -hmm. And when we heal mindfully, mm -hmm. you know, as Buddhists would say, yep. you know, these are other aspects of individual healing that may become apparent to this, you know? And, and the way this pandemic is affecting the world, it shows that we're all connected. That we're, yeah. what we do affects someone else, affects someone else, et cetera. Absolutely. And we can't get away from that. That we, 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 we think we live separately and that we're not connected to one another and to our nature. We're wrong in thinking that because we are. And this shows it. When, when the earth is sick, we get sick. Absolutely, because we all come from the same light and the same source. That's How could we not? That's right. We're all one. We are all one. And this idea of oneness is real, and we are all one, but we've um, denied it for so long and uh, tried so hard to separate ourselves that we're... we're, well, we're <laughs> That we're hurting ourselves. Yeah, I've always said the only thing that separates one person from the other is their individual thought pattern. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That is true. I agree with you. 
<laughs> that's it. So, um, as we're wrapping up our, our, our discussion here, I, I read something, it's a poem of yours that, that struck my, caught my eye, me being a garden, a person who's in love with gardening and nature and all that. And it was called A Garden Haunting. Do you remember that poem? Yes, I do. Absolutely. Can you, like, do you have it with you to read? Or if you don't, you could just tell us a little bit about what it's about. Yes. Well, for me, The Garden Haunting was, uh, let, let me go ahead and pull it. And, uh, I do have that with me. Sorry, putting you on the spot. <laughs> oh no, that's that's fine. I love poetry. Um, absolutely, um, it's one of my first loves. Yeah, I love poetry. It's just beautiful. Absolutely, I'm a big James G and Robert Frost fan. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> for for me, I was the rose in the garden, and the and the haunting was my past mm. and it was a way for me to go in and heal all that was wrong so that I could find my work here on this planet mm. so that I could do what was expected of me as a soul journeyer. Mm. The poem goes, there is a rose out in my garden that only blooms at night. Its beauty is of the angels but with no wings of flight. Its scent is so haunting as down the garden path it leads me, dauntingly. A story I know it wants to tell, for it trembles each time I reach for its petals in hopes to release it from its capturing spell. A single tear I drop upon its bloom to erase away, erase away its soulful gloom, and I visit it each and every night in hopes to release it from its earthly plight. Beautiful. Thank you. And I love how you, uh, <clears throat> I love how uh, you represent yourself as nature. Again, it, it, my theory about us, uh, of my belief that we're all connected. And um, I like that you are, the, the rose represents you. And that it's a very, uh, it's a very naturey poem, which I like. Yeah. It's a very personal point for me. Mm -hmm. It is. It's. Uh, it touches on how one sees their self mm -hmm. that others people don't see. You know, I, I know you as well understand this completely when I say this. Mm -hmm. But you know that you're beautiful inside. You know that you have nothing but love for the world and for its people. But every time you try to reach and give that, you always find yourself being captured by a spell. You're being captured by the world's spell that doesn't allow you to be able to give the way your heart longs to give to the world. Right. You know, so the single tear is a prayer mm. to ask the Lord to take away and erase away all the world's gloom and pain that it brings upon that rose and allow that rose to bloom in light the way that it was meant to. Absolutely. So do you have any la like last uh, words to any suggestions to the, anyone who might be listening to this show, especially now during this coronavirus pandemic here? Yes. Uh, any advice for us? Yes, I have uh, come across 
of a great medication, um, a vitamin packet here that will help a lot. Um, it's a mixture of five different, very powerful, regular, everyday vitamins that can be put together and compacted together, and it gives a punch to the immune system to keep you from being able to um, ex catch it. Absolutely, it will help build up your immune system. Uh, vitamin C, 3,000 milligrams in individual doses a day. Vitamin D3, you'll want to start with 5,000 IU daily for two weeks and then reduce it to 2,000 UIs daily. Magnesium, 400 milligram daily. Zinc, 20 milligrams daily. Selenium, 100 MCGs daily. Now what this will do, will pack your system, compact your system to the point to where the coronavirus cannot get into your immune system, it cannot get into your bloodstream, um, and allow you to reflect it off of you. And it'll keep you healthy and keep you strong. And another great thing is to stay hydrated. Drink water, drink, 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 drink as much water as you can, keep your body hydrated. That way there, the immune system has the, the, the water will impact the vitamin C for sure and, and, and help you to keep yourself hydrated. Now, for those who are interested in all that you do, how would they be able to get in touch with you? Well, you can find me on Facebook um, at Sharon Gully, Beautiful Expectations of Faith. I can be found on LinkedIn um, as uh, Sharon Gully. You can find me on my websites at sharingully.weebly.com. Most of the time you will find me on Facebook at Beautiful Expectations of Faith because I am a life coach and I'm there biggest part of the day. <laughs> Open to anyone that has any questions or would just like to talk. And and I'll put all those links in the show notes so people will be able to click click on them and get there and get to you directly. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, Sharon, it's been a pleasure having you on the show and sharing with us all of your knowledge and all of your light. Thank you for awesome. being a guest on Magic and Medicine. Thank you for listening to It's All Good, Magic, Mysticism, and Earth Medicine. Visit us anytime at www.magicandmedicine.blogspot.com.